This program is brought to you by the Living Church Boise. First Thessalonians chapter 5, this church was actually doing this. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. You know how beautiful this would be when a person comes in and is broken and torn down, who's been living a life of failure, the tree fallen down, and is saying something about your life, and you're able to find something instead of boasting about yourself and how great you are doing and how much you're overcoming temptation to actually encourage them to say, you know what, man? I'm glad that God sustained you for so long. And I know that if God has kept you so long, He has a plan and a purpose for your life. I know that these people are troubling you and annoying you, but you know what, man? From what I see, you're doing really well. Learn to be encouraging instead of criticizing. The third thing that I think is practical application for us to grow with words of wisdom is speak the truth to people around you. It should be a no-brainer, right? Speak the truth to people around you. Don't lie. Now, what I mean by that is not don't lie, but speak the truth not only when it's convenient, but also when it involves confrontation. Speak the truth even when it's hard. You know what? In my own life, some of the most meaningful relationships that I've had is when I was able to speak the truth even when it was inconvenient. And when you speak the truth, of course, use grace. Don't go beat them on the head with your Bible. It says in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 23, a person finds joy in giving an apt reply. And how good is a timely word. You see, the speaking the truth, even when it involves confrontation, the Bible calls it a good, timely word. I know that in this room there are people who a godly person who loves you brought a good word of confrontation. And it nudged you, got you out of your rot of sin and brought you back into the grace and mercy of God. It says in Proverbs chapter 25 verse 11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Then this is very hard for us to imagine. Women, I think it's easier for you. Apples of gold in a setting of silver. Doesn't that look beautiful? It's shiny and amazing. That's how truthful words spoken in the right time is. Here's the fourth thing of practical application. We're going to go through five, okay? Fourth one. Speak in gentleness and not in unrighteous anger. So yes, speak the truth to people around you even when it's inconvenient, but learn to speak it in gentleness and not in unrighteous anger. This is what I mean by that. I need to grow in this a lot. When someone irritates me, my eye starts twitching. And before I know it, my mouth is saying things that I'm like, wait, where did that come from, right? When you know that you're getting upset, walk away. And wait till, listen to me, wait till your emotions are under control, where you're able, you know that you're able to speak with grace and with the mercy of God. And then come back. And that's not being fake. That's actually saying, you know what, man, I cannot talk right now. I really want to think. I want to talk to God about this. And I want to come back to you on this. And sometimes... It's hard to let that uneasiness linger. Like I said last week, the only thing worse than one foolish, angry person is two foolish, angry people. So if one person is foolish and angry, you wait for God to give you the grace and the right words and then respond. And this is good for parents when they're talking to children. This is good for spouses. This is good for, right now, there's a lot of temp you know, tensions in businesses because businesses are closing down and you're going to have your boss that's going to come down your neck being very irritating, very harsh, don't react to anger with anger. Speak in gentleness and not in unrighteous anger. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 28 says, The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer. Isn't that beautiful? The heart of the righteous ponders. You actually take it to God. And you say, God, how do I answer this question? How do I respond to this situation? But the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. Man, that's very convicting to me. It's very convicting to me. And hopefully it is to you too. Because sometimes I just want to shoot off. Do you know how busy my week is being? 
why are you throwing this to me? Like you know, I often tell my wife, I'm like, pull in the clutch before you switch gears, please. Because I'll be talking about one thing and she'll be talking about food and dinner. I was like, I don't care about dinner. Like, I don't care. It's like, but then I really do care because I'm like, you made what for dinner? You know? And, and I said, no, ponder, stop, be patient. It's okay. If your schedule is so busy that you're just beating people up, you know what? Loosen up your schedule a little bit. Okay, Joel, that's for me. All right, fifth one. Get familiar with words of reconciliation. Okay, by that I mean, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I was wrong. As I was going through this this morning, well, look at Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. It says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Sometimes as believers, like I said earlier in our introduction, you can feel like, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't say anything wrong. You were wrong. You were the one that should apologize to me. And if you remember from a couple of weeks ago, if you're waiting for somebody else to apologize to you, it's never going to happen. Because the people that hurt you will never understand the extent of hurt that was caused. But you need to learn to be to reconcile. That doesn't mean you're going to go say sorry for something that you really don't feel sorry about. But get familiar with words of reconciliation. Again, if there is a problem in your life right now where you're trying to find reconciliation, spend time praying and asking God for, to give you words of reconciliation without having to speak lies. So you can say something like, hey, you know what? I'm really sorry that I upset you. Christians, you need to understand, even if you didn't do anything wrong, acknowledge that you upset someone. Okay? In, in a climate that's so tense right now, sometimes the best healing that will come is just when you acknowledge that I do not understand how I offended you, how you came to this conclusion, but I'm so sorry. That's not my intentions. I really want to have a good relationship with you. I'm so sorry that I offended you. I really want to understand how I offended you. Would you please help me? Words of reconciliation. Okay? Um, words are all that you have, so choose them wisely. Now, as I've been going through this, as I was going through this, I felt really guilty in my own life because I felt like almost didn't want to preach this because I feel very hypocritical. Because sitting in this room, there are people who said who could say, Joel, you never really practiced that. And oftentimes I want to preach the messages that I'm able to practice. But again, should I give up? No, no I'm a work in progress. So you don't give up on me, I'm not going to give up on you, and you don't give up on yourself. You're a work in progress. You might have failed all week on this, all your life on this, but you are a work in progress. Do not give up. Words are all you have. Choose them wisely. Um, but you know what? That's great, right? We can go home now. Start applying this. You're like, nope, I want more for what I paid. Anyways. <laughs> My rock star's not done, so we'll keep going. But this, you could read it in a book. This you could watch in a TED talk and get a similar application, similar application of, hey, listen, you know, find words of reconciliation, speak in gentleness, speak the truth to people around you, be more encouraging and criticizing. It all sounds like watered down gospel, right? How dare you? <laughs> but these things just cannot come by you being mindful of this. Please listen to me. This is where we are the church now. This can only come when your heart is transformed. This cannot come by you changing your habits. This cannot come by you adding on your lingo to your language. This can only come when your heart is transformed. Look at what Jesus has to say in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. He says, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? This, this is interesting. Jesus says, how can you speak good when you watch bad movies? That's not what he said. How can you speak evil when you read bad books? That's not what he said. How can you speak you know, good things when you are hanging out with bad people? That's not what he said. He said, how can you speak good things when you are evil? You are inherently evil. How do you expect good words to come out of your mouth when you are wicked? 
It's like he oftentimes says, you know, do you expect grapes from a thorn bush? No, I wouldn't come. When your heart is wicked, your mouth will speak wickedness. So no matter how much you try to, you know, speak encouraging words and speak the truth and be gentle and get familiar with words of reconciliation, true words that will bring grace cannot come unless your heart is transformed. And look at what Jesus continues to say. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So here we are. Uh, where we're kind of trapped in this then. So we, we know that wise words will bring favor and quite possibly we're living in cons consistent failure because our words are not right. And, and we have these beautiful tips from God's word and how our words can be gracious. But Jesus throws this double whammy and says, listen man, no matter how much you practice your words, nothing's going to change until your heart changes. And so the question then is, how do we get this heart, right? Okay, that's where we get to the gospel. It says in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Can you picture that with me? A person whose heart is stone will speak cutting words. Uh, we, we spoke about judgment, drop the rock, when, when people just throw the rock at you, not, not knowing your story. That's a person with a stony heart. And it's quite possible that you say you're a believer, you know Jesus, you've knelt before the cross and you've given your life to Christ, but in certain areas, you're still having a heart of stone towards people, towards your bosses, towards your family members, towards you know that ex-spouse. A heart of stone. And Jesus says, unless your heart is transformed, your mouth will never have gracious words that will bring favor before people. A wise heart is a heart that reflects Jesus. Look at Jesus as an example. Luke chapter 4 verse 22. And all spoke well of him. All spoke well of him. All spoke well of him. And marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? You know what that means? Hey, the way you're speaking gracious words doesn't match up your upbringing, your family. The way you're speaking doesn't match the culture and the neighborhood you're from. Is this not Joseph's son? How is it he's speaking such gracious, marvelous words? Why is that? It's because, man, he, when he opened his mouth, was not speaking as Joseph's son. He was speaking as God incarnate. And Ezekiel tells us that he will give us a new heart. In fact, Ephesians will tell us that Christ Jesus, he is our heart now. He is in our heart. So our heart will reflect his heart. Our heart is beating in rhythm with his heart. When we open our mouth, it's got to be like Jesus talking. Let me give you scripture for that. It says that in... Um, well, Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature, stature and in favor with God and man because his words were wise words that brought um, grace from people. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. When we come to Jesus, he changes our heart. He changes our heart. And he gives us a heart like his. There was a song that we were going to do this morning, but we didn't. It says, Break my heart for what breaks yours. And the only way your heart can be broken for those that are against you is when you have his heart, when you see people through his eyes. This has been my prayer. This has been my prayer in this regard. Father, give me a heart that no longer reflects the world, but a heart that is like yours. Humble, gentle, and full of grace, mercy, and truth. God, please give me a heart that no longer reflects the world. You know what, man? I preach many sermons and I wish I could practice every single one of them, but I fail. But I'm not going to give up because I know I'm a work in progress and I'm going to continuously ask God to give me his heart. No matter how many times I fail, God, please give me your heart because sanctification is a lifelong process. And one day I'm very challenged by one thing and two weeks I do well, third week I'm snapping at someone. And, and if you know my story, one of the things that really annoys me is, you know, 
like I get irritated very easily. And, and I don't know if it's, you know, just growing up in India and, you know, the traffic and the people around you, it's just wired. I'm like, I'm always wired. You know, it's crazy. And then Rockstar doesn't help, right? <laughs> but that's been my prayer. It's like, God, please give me a humble and a gentle heart, please, that will reflect your grace, your mercy, and your truth. Because let's look at the second part of that verse. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 12. The words of a wise man's mouth win him favor, but the lips of a fool, what do they do? They consume him. They literally eat him up. They destroy him. The words that come out from a fool's mouth brings destruction. James chapter 3 verse 2 says, For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole mouth. Uh, no one's, uh, you know, maybe we should take 10 minutes and be like, is there anyone over here that wants to admit that they are perfect? Always say the right words. I think we'll be wasting time if we did that, right? Because like the Bible says, we all stumble in many ways. Praise God, we're a work in progress. We don't have to give up. But we got to be careful that we're not getting comfortable making foolish words a lifestyle because it will consume us, it will destroy us. How many times has foolish words ruined a relationship? How many times foolish words has revealed something that should have not been revealed? There's no discretion. How many times foolish words ruin trust in a relationship? Foolish words will consume you and destroy you. How important is wise words that bring grace? Extremely important. Because when you speak words, it not only will destroy you, but it reflects a heart that's not surrendered to Jesus. Solomon, he takes it a step further and he says, Hey, don't just be careful about what comes out of your mouth, but be careful about even what you're thinking. Man, this is why I love the Bible, man. Because no one can write a book like this and really cut to the matter of the heart so well. Solomon says, listen man, because words that come out of your mouth, like Jesus says, it starts with the heart and he says, listen, be careful even when you think about thoughts that are bad. Think about thoughts that of evil against people because look at this in, in verse 20. I'm going to kind of jump around in these few verses. Okay, Verse 20 says, even in your thoughts, do not curse the king. Nor in your bedroom curse the rich, for the bird of the air will carry your voice, or some winged creature will tell um, the matter. Solomon's not saying that birds have a way of carrying what's spoken in secret to other people. In fact, if you heard the, you know, a little birdie told me. The first time I heard it was my birthday. Got an email. It's like, a little birdie told me it was your birthday. I was like, what? But this is where it's from. A little birdie. Well, the little birdie might be a really annoying guy at your work who also hates your boss. And in your thoughts, you're like, man, I hate my boss. Why is he such a jerk? He's always picking on me. And you sit there drinking coffee in the coffee you know, room or the break room. And this guy comes and he's like, man, this boss is such a jerk. You're like, dude, I know, right? Join us this Sunday at the Living Church Boise. Service and address can be found on our website, www.thelivingchurchboise.com. Visit our website for service time and address.